Welcome to the Sleeper in the Bus. I'm Justin Mason, joined as always by Jason Collette. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing, man. I am. Uh, I, I don't know if everybody sees the video. I know last week you sent a video clip. I'm like, I'm wearing my hat. I am ready to go to Vegas next week uh, to join the RotoWire folks. Uh, and I was just looking at the weather. It's supposed to be like 115 on there. So I'm prepping out this new hat because, you know, listener Craig said, get one of those floppy hats. Trust me, you're going to need it. So I'm wearing it, Craig. I'll have it. Uh, but 115, I, I know we just, I bring up 115 because that's what Ryan Bloomfield said last week when he was on the mm -hmm. show. It's supposed to be 115 in Salem. It's like, you're never supposed to see 115 in Oregon. I guess in Vegas, you're supposed to see it. But, uh, you know, right, like this morning, it was 62 degrees here in Charlotte. I went swimming and swam 2,000 yards at 1030 in the, this morning. The water was awesome. Uh, I'm afraid it may be boiling if I try to get into the water in Vegas. Uh, I, I know they take care of things, but I, I'm just a little freaked out about walking into that much heat and, and catching up with everybody else who's probably listening to this, telling, uh, yelling at their uh, device like, Jason, shut up. I hate you. So, <laughs> Yeah, today uh, here in, in Northern California, it's supposed to be 75 uh, is the high, but this will be like the last day before it just turns into an absolute hellhole. And it's a good thing we're bringing on a guest who lives in a hellhole of a weather place, too. You know, Oh, like, yeah. Speaking of hot, we have Alex <laughs> Chamberlain of Fangraphs joining us today. Alex, how is the weather in beautiful Hawaii? Uh, consistent. It's been consistent. It's like it's probably going to be like high, mid to high eighties, and then the low will be low seventies. I'm wondering though if this heat wave is going to make it across the Pacific. I don't know how weather works. Incidentally, I, I, but I don't know if it's going to if it's going to make it to us. Uh, I don't think it can east. come your direction. Yeah, the jet stream, everything pushes it that way. So oh, it depends where, the, it where things come. No, um, it's been good. It just uh, we're we're you know we're going through a drought, but everyone's going through a drought. So uh, uh, otherwise, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to complain. I you know, it's uh, it's not one fifteen or one oh six or even or even ninety five. So it's been it's been pretty good over here. Yeah, well, we're going through a drought as well. They told us on Tuesday if we don't cut our water usage by twenty percent, there are thousand dollar fines coming. Oh, oh yeah, they just told us if we're if they catch us doing anything not necessary or not mandatory, it's a five hundred dollar fine. So I just put my sprinkler away this morning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hide it, hide the evidence. Yeah, One yeah. Of my good buddies is out there for his fortieth birthday right now. He's in Hawaii. Oh, yeah, where which island? Yeah. I don't know. He's uh, he toured Pearl Harbor yesterday. So wherever. Oh, okay, is. he's on Oahu. Okay, so uh, he's at some Disney resort. Um, oh yeah, Alani. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, that's where he is. Uh, does he so, have like, kids? He does. Okay, it's it's going to be a lot of fun for. He's also for a yeah. huge Disney freak. His mom works at Disney. Uh, okay. But, yeah, they're they're there. They were like, "Hey, you should come with us." I'm like, "No, I'd already had this Vegas thing planned, and uh, then I knew I was going to be switching jobs." I'm like, "Yeah, that's I can't negotiate two vacations." Yeah. yeah. Uh, and do a three day one, yes, a week long one, no. Speaking of vacations, just a, a uh, kind of a word to the listener: I will be heading out on vacation. I believe the week of the all-star break. So there may be a few less shows. We'll try to figure something out to get more recordings. And we're recording with uh, Toby Batflip crazy uh, right before I go. So you guys will get one next weekend, but just kind of uh, a little bit of uh, behind the curtains, you know, Justin's going on vacation. So, uh, but Alex, let the listeners know if for some reason, someone doesn't know who you are, which I think would be insane at this point. Uh, let them know who you are, what you do and where you reach on social media. 
Yeah, I'm Alex Chamberlain. Hi. Um, my my Twitter handle is Dolph Haldhagen. Uh, like I always say, I'm not going to spell it. If, if you you find it, you've earned it. Um, and I only write for for rotographs with these guys. Um, well, I guess Jason, you don't you don't technically write for rotographs. No, I'm just a talker on rotographs. I'm a writer at Rotowire and a talker here. Um, and incidentally, this is my first time on Sleeper in the Bust. Which uh, how is which that has possible? which has been like a joke between me and Yancey Eaton. I was like, if they ever invite me, I might just have to say no so that I never end up on the show. But I, when you, when you asked me, I was like, I gotta say yes. There, there is a weird time zone problem because you're three hours behind me. And when I record with Jason, typically it's at nine o'clock in the morning, my time and when I record with Paul, it's typically true. either 7am or 8am my That's time. Fair. And so trying to get you on at four o'clock in the morning, your time, I thought could be a difficult issue. We should do it sometime. Just just I'm, totally incoherent thoughts from Alex Chamberlain. I'm totally right. Well, and you know what? Paul and I are up till two or three o'clock in the morning my time anyways. You guys are so insane. like we could just have you do a midnight episode for you. That's yeah, true. I'm too, old. It's I'm true. too old for that shit. I, I already <laughs> too old, man. I got wait I go to bed at like ten o'clock, nine thirty. Yeah. Or an old man. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I for some reason, I like pain. I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> and just uh, uh, la- lack of sleep goes into that, apparently. So, All right, Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever uh, his character was. I, I'm drawing a blank on his character in Lethal Weapon. <laughs> um, well, let's transition and talk some fantasy baseball. Go follow Alex on Twitter um, at Dolph Hogan. That's right. Um, if, if you want to know how to spell it, you can just check the show description because I'll have it spelled out for you there. There, so, you there you go. You don't you don't have to know how to spell it off the top of your head or go searching. Just check it there. Uh, let's start with a little bit of news and notes. Not a ton to talk about necessarily. Kyle Schwarber left with a hamstring from the game, I believe, last night. Uh, today, uh, Davey Martinez has said it's a significant uh, strain. Then he's going to miss a serious amount of time. It sounds like he's probably going to miss close to two months. Kyle Schwarber's been the best player in baseball over the last month, Alex. So are you dropping him like in leagues where you've got full ILs or no IL? Uh, yeah, I suppose. So. I mean, if it's as bad as it sounds, which it does sound like it's not great. Um, and you're, you're far enough into the season where like, I suppose if you, if you, you, you didn't pick him back up, before he came back, you wouldn't miss too much time. He, he gave you like three months of production in one month. You know, he, he flew a little too close to the sun and this is what we get. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but um, yeah, I think, I think I would, um, I think I'd wait. <laughs> I mean, you know, you have until tomorrow you know, it, it, for, before the fab runs. So um, free agent auction bidding. Um, and uh, yeah, I would I would just wait for a little more clarity before making any kind of knee jerk decision. But if you're if you're tight on on roster space, I'd drop them. I think if you're if your roster is thin or bad, like mine are, I might hold him just because I can't do much better. But if you're if you're a contender um, and, and you and you need the space to to replace him, I think I would I would be comfortable dropping him. And I think this is the time of year we have to start making tough decisions like that. Someone gets hurt. They're going to miss a month. That's only what a third of the remaining season. And so, if we don't yet have a timetable on uh, Kyle Icarus uh, Schwarber, uh, but uh, that could be if we're looking at two months, that's two thirds of the remaining season. Jason, what are you doing with Kyle Schwarber? 
Well, I mean, if there's any, if there's a silver lining in any of this, there's the baked in week, almost a full week off with the all-star break. So, you know, that's, that's there. What I was trying to look for is like the length, I was trying to look at Derek Rhodes data about the length of time that a hamstring injury typically, uh, if there's been a rash of them this year, but I was trying to look for the, the length of time I would, I would expect six weeks, which would really suck. Uh, because you know, that puts them in the middle of August, uh, if anything. And with, you know, that's half the scoring period left, uh, or half the scoring periods of what we have left in the season. So uh, I'm kind of with Alex where, it's like, I don't know if I cut him this week, but once we get a more definitive timetable, I mean, how long has Alex Bregman been out? It looks like he got hurt on June 16th, and we know when Alex mm-hmm. Bregman comes back because he had a pretty significant uh, I think they said, as well. I think, I think they said he's going to be out for at least another month. And, and so Cole there's your Calhoun. bench Cole Calhoun yeah. tore his ham. Not me. I don't know if he tore, but he he had a pretty significant hamstring injury, like third week of baseball, and he's been out since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it could be like a a two a two month plus thing, which yeah, would I mean, make hamstrings it- have been up. That's the only thing I'm seeing. I don't, I'm not seeing how long like the average length of a stay. That's the issue I was trying to find. I, I think it's so dependent on the severity of the injury, right? You know, I mean, if you've got a, a mild one, you could be back in two weeks. Uh, we've seen that with a couple a couple guys. Uh, but if you have a more severe one, right, because a, a strain is a tear. Um, yeah. If you have, you know, and this sounds like a significant one, I mean, he could potentially miss the rest of the season. And so I agree. I think I would try to hold on him through this week and then you might as well hold on to him through the week of the all-star break just to see if we can get a more concrete timetable. Uh, but anything after that, I think you're really, you know, just hamstringing your team, not to I, no pun intended. Yeah. Calhoun's been out since April 27th was the exact date that he's been. So it's been over two months yeah. and we haven't seen him yet. Yeah. Yep. And, and I think that was a repeat injury. I think he, he re-injured the hamstring. And also, did, did George Springer have a hamstring injury also? I mean, I think he... He had a... His was a quad. was quad. Okay. Okay. But just like... Right. It's just... It's just not... It's not great. I think it just depends on the depth of your league. Like, if you're in a deep league, you're not going to find really a suitable replacement for him anyway. So you might as well just hold him for at least right through the All-Star break. If you're in a shallow league, you can probably find a pretty a pretty solid replacement for him and I wouldn't lose sleep over over cutting him. So really it's very context based but holding him for another couple of weeks isn't going to kill you either. Yeah. Uh Zach Gallen left his start last night. Uh again, this is what the 17th time that he's left a start and he's only had like five starts this year. Um so at what point do we start thinking about cutting Zach Gallen there Jason? Uh, context dependent. Uh, if you are in a obviously reset league, the the story changes. If you're in a league where you can keep, depending on it, it really depends on context. But if you're in like a standard mixed reset league, uh, I think that time is now. Yeah, this is a hamstring injury, so this is not related to the elbow issues or forearm issues he was having uh, earlier in the season. Alex, what are you doing with Zach Gallon? Is this you know again deeper the league? There's there's less to pick up. You know, do you want to replace him with? Johan Aviedo. Obviously, I think we're going to wait to see the severity, but uh, this has got to be disappointing. I know I've got him in way too many leagues. Of course, you do. <laughs> yeah, I think I think right. I think we have to be a little more patient just to see how how severe it is. It's obviously disappointing that he keeps getting injured. I think like lost in all of this is that he hasn't been great, <laughs> um, and uh, you know he's pitching like a little closer to his peripherals. 
um, than he has in previous seasons where he's been like a full run or run and a half below his like his FIP, his XFIP, his Sierra, etc. And like him pitching to his peripherals is not uh, is not like a deal breaker or anything, but it does like it does bake in a little bit more pessimism for me that like maybe he's he's coming back down to earth to something more realistic. Like anything can happen in 150 innings, which is what he had under his belt before 2021. Um, and now, you know, anything can also happen in 40 innings, which is all he's got this year. But it just, it just seems like, uh, you know, that he, he might not be uh, like the true SP2 that we thought we were drafting. And so I think if you're, if you're kind of feeling a little pessimistic about him the way that I am, I wouldn't feel too awful about cutting him. Um, I think if you don't have a lot of better choices or, or you're, you're still feeling optimistic about him, I think you, I think you hold him because there could be a nice bounce back. I suppose. I think if you're buying the fact that he has, you know, above average contact quality uh, management skills um, that he kind of shaves down that walk rate, which is a bit of an eyesore to me and is kind of giving me a bit of heartburn. Um, you know, there's, there's obviously upside to gallon and that's why we drafted him. Um, but I'm, I'm starting to like take my foot off the gas a little bit there. Yeah. I, I think especially for this season, we're in kind of a tough spot because like, like we mentioned with Schwarber, there's only three months left in the season. Right. And depending on what the results of his MRI on his hamstring are going to be today, the, the, uh, the Diamondbacks are in a different situation than like the Nationals are, right? The Diamondbacks are not competing for anything. And would it be surprising if he's going to need to be out for six weeks if they just decide to completely shut him down, let the forearm elbow heal as well? Um, you could get absolutely nothing from Zach Gallon the rest of the way. Now, again, I think I'm waiting till the end or until we get actual confirmation on what the timetable is. But if he's out for longer than a month, I think he's droppable in, in just about every format. Yeah, yeah, and you bring up a good point about the the elbow issues too. And, and in addition to that, I mean, I, those things could be contributing to his underperformance. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just a small sample, so it's so hard to so hard to tell like what what's a signal and what's noise here. But on top of that, like just the BS with the ball and the sticky stuff, and God, it's gonna be. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you've talked about it ad nauseum, but like, it's just not gonna be fun to kind of. Uh, <laughs> navigate that terrain for the next uh three months um might be a blessing how long do you think the learning curve how long do you think the learning curve is gonna be like we talked when we talked last week uh with ryan we talked about this being a learning curve you know they they, we we got news in early june that hey we're gonna start enforcing it then the date came the 21st so it's been a month i mean we're talking here today on july 3rd so it's been one full month uh, as we've talked about, uh, you know, looking at stuff and we've talked about learning curve, like how much longer do you stick with a look at a guy and be like, you know what, there's, he just, this is the new X. Yeah, this is who he is and, and make the decision. And how much longer are you willing to give a guy? God, I have no idea. And it's just the, the hard part is it's going to affect everyone differently. Like, I feel like some guys are going to like have trouble with their command and some guys are going to like, have trouble with only one specific pitch you know like it's going to affect everyone in such different ways that like diagnosing something is going to be so player dependent and there are moments where like 
you know, from game to game, there's there's obviously variations in in spin rates and velocity and and effectiveness, and it just kind of clouds the whole picture. Like I I would I would I would continue to be patient, but only because again, like your your alternatives are guys who are going through the same thing. Yeah. So it just it's just like a bad situation for everyone. I think it just um right. I think I think it's gonna I think if there's like some very clear signals that you can make some decisions about, it's really just gonna depend on the player. But um, you know, I would I would listen to your gut. Um, but I think we have to be patient just because it's like it's it's we're just we're just watching an experiment play out in in real time. <laughs> Um, and we don't know what the results of that experiment are going to be yet. So, well, and, 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 and yeah, the frustrating part is, my guess is that the the union and MLB will come together during the collective bargaining stuff this off season and and agree to some sort of like universal substance, um, which they could have done prior to the season. So, I think what we're going to end up like as people who give analysis on fantasy. I think draft season is going to be an absolute nightmare next year. Which is yeah, like something it, we've been saying for like the last three years. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 2021 is going to be a nightmare because of last year. 2020 is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> so, well, to be know. fair, they could have done something this past month with the baseball. Instead of sending that stupid, mysterious Delaware mud that nobody likes out there and say, here, this is the stuff you're allowed to use. We're going to put this on the baseball and or go grab the, the tacky baseballs that they use over overseas. Um, but whatever, it's just making the change so abruptly in the middle of the season when you have spent decades looking the other way, decades, not just a couple of years, decades, uh, because you got caught unprepared, just like baseball, but react to everything. Um, you know, even, you know, with, with stuff happening this week with, with Bauer, oh, he's going to pitch all of a sudden, wham, everybody's complaining about it. And all of a sudden he quietly as the rest of the teams in the white house and they got that dog to wag. It's like, okay, we're going to put him on the administrative leave list. Uh, for a few, it's just like everything's always reaction. You know, I, yeah. I love this sport, but it makes it so damn hard to love something. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's move on away from pitchers. Talk about your man Mercedes, who was sent down by the White Sox. I mean, I don't know if there's a there was a player hotter other than maybe Kyle Schwarber um, uh, this season that the, the hot streak that Mercedes went through uh, early on in the year. Is this kind of was that just a flash in the pan, Jason? And is it kind of like Cut, move on, forget about your man Mercedes. Man, you know, it was he had that whole Germinator burger named after him. He got all that attention. Then I mean, you look at his graph, it looks uh it looks like Black Monday uh, of nineteen twenty-nine. Uh if it was stocks, it just it tanked. I mean, now he's back here in Charlotte. Uh, as I've said on this show a pre- uh, a few times previously, he can hit, he can get hot. I've seen him hit here in Charlotte. I mean, I, I drafted him last year for a dollar. I think he was my second catcher in AL Tout or Labor. One of the two, I drafted him because I liked what I saw of him down here. But, you know, he's a big dude who's an aggressive swinger, and they started playing this aggressiveness against him. And after April, I mean, May and June, I'm surprised it took this long. Um, but, yeah, he was just so hot early on, uh, and it carried over from the spring. But we're talking, he went four month by month batting average, 415, 221, 159. You know, June is not real. March, April wasn't real. I would argue May wasn't even real. The truth is somewhere in between. But there's a reason why it took him so long to even reach the majors. Besides the uh, besides the defense, uh, we know that's a challenge as well for him. Uh, but you know, I you kind of you don't know when they're going to bring him back. It's not like he had. Um, 
you know, they've got Zach Collins, they've got Grandall. Grandall plays five days a week anyhow. Uh, Luis Robert is, uh, you know, at least starting to resume movement activities. Uh, you would assume that the White Sox are going to be active at the trade deadline to add. So I don't know if there's a path before September for Mercedes to be back in it. And maybe Gavin Sheets sticks around. Uh, they brought. They also brought up Jake Berger. I mean, these are two uh, two more guys that I've seen hit down here in Charlotte. Um, but you know, maybe one of those guys sticks. Uh, and Mercedes is just here in Charlotte with me. Maybe I'll have him over for dinner. Uh, you know, hang out, have a Yerminator. I can cook one on the grill. Uh, but no, I, I think it's you, you had your ride. It was fun to get the uh, the home runs out of them when you did. But uh, it's over. What about you, Alex? You think the ride is over? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Jason. I mean, it, you look at you, somewhere in the middle. I mean, his his season line is two seventy one, three twenty eight, four hundred four. Um, completely league average. Um, you know, I think like if if it, if the ride had been a little more balanced, we might be still seeing something of him. But like, you know, he was never going to keep hitting four fifty five. That it happened so precipitously is unfortunate. But like, he's he's completely balanced out at this point. I think you could expect him to be a league average hitter the rest of the way. It's just that he, he, right. He has no versatility. He's a defensive botch job. Um, he, uh, for, for being such a, uh, a chonky boy, as they say, he doesn't have a lot of power. Uh, you know, I'm not really like a stat cast, uh, percentiles guy, your little red and blue dots along the slider, but it's a lot of blue. I mean, it's really not that impressive for a guy, of his size. He makes, he makes a lot of contact. Um, he has pretty good plate discipline. That's something that like it could fit on another AL team that sucks. Uh, but the white Sox don't, and they don't really have room for him. So I, I do think the ride's over. Um, I think he could probably find a job on another team. I don't know if they're gonna, um, you know, I don't know if they would even get rid of him because I do think that they might find his bat valuable, uh, in certain situations, or, or they like having that depth because it, it is a reliable bat to fall bat. Um, but otherwise, like there's just not a lot of value to be to be wrong there. I yeah, think. they're kind of running out of depth options uh, at AAA here uh, because they called up Burger and Sheets. Uh, your other option would be former top overall draft pick Tim Beckham, who has 11 home runs, and I swear nine of them came two weeks ago. He had this hellacious run. Uh, I was at a I was at a game. I saw I was at two games over the course of a week and saw him hit three home runs. He had, it went uh, had two in one of the games, uh, but like that's their next option. He's not even on the forty man roster. They've already called up Brian Goodwin, uh, and that's that's kind of it. This is they keep emptying the Charlotte roster, uh, and so I agree that like he may have to stick around just because they're running out of healthy options. If somebody mm-hmm. else were to go down, you know, Blake Rutherford may be the next guy. If he's not hitting well in AAA. Uh, Matt Reynolds has experience, uh, but I'm, I'm also, I think Rutherford is on the 40 man, but nobody else really is. Yeah. But like you said, Jason, like this is a team that's going to add, they've already been in talks to get uh, Eduardo Escobar. We expect, you know, a deal like that to happen and they're going to get healthy bodies back. Right. You mentioned Luis Roberts starting to uh, do some activities. Uh, Eloy Jimenez has been doing activities and he could be back at some point in August and, Mm -hmm. I, my guess is they do not want Eloy to play the outfield again. Like, and so or that should would be, yeah, <laughs> they shouldn't. You're right. And, and so the, you would think that that means he's going to de-age, you know, full time, which kind of takes up a spot for your men. I mean, part of the real issues 
because I think they were able to kind of deal with his struggles in May because he was still crushing lefties, right? He's hitting 400 against left-handed pitching during the month of May. He hit 158 against lefties uh, in the month of June. And that became, I think, the ultimate like kind of nail in the coffin was they couldn't even use him in a short side platoon. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think he's probably droppable in all formats. Uh, sorry to those of you who spent triple digits on him early in the season, but you got a lot of goodness early, and, and now it's, it's time to move on. Um, let's uh, let's talk to some fab. We got some guys who are interesting. It's not a big weekend in fab, uh, but it is uh, a somewhat, uh, somewhat interesting one, especially in the starting pitching kind of realm. Zach Thompson uh, has – uh, kind of come up and, and been impressive, you know, uh, so far four starts, 18 innings, uh, 1.5 ERA, 12 and a half strikeouts per nine. Alex, are you going after Zach Thompson this week? I, um, I suppose so. I suppose so. Like I, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not thrilled by the previous track record. Um, I, that's the thing is like I don't know enough about him. I'm gonna have to like read some some scouting reports to see uh, if anything has changed like dramatically between him going from the White Sox, which is the farm system that he was with before, to Miami, uh, and suddenly possibly being good because when he when he was with Chicago, he was decent, not great, not someone I would consider like a pitching a reliable pitching prospect or even like a fantasy relevant one and so i'm taking this first kind of few starts with several grains of salt um but like his pitch mix looks pretty interesting um and he's got double digit swinging strike rates on every single pitch but it's only 300 pitches and uh, i'm not sure that the four seamer is actually half as good as it appears so far so uh, I'm not going to like hold my breath. I'm probably not going to break the bank to get him, but I think in leagues where I do need pitching, I obviously have to try to get him. I just don't, I don't see this being uh, a sustainable thing unless someone can point, and maybe it's one of you guys can point me to like a tangible change that he's made between going um, between the, the White Sox farm system to Miami that might have turned him into this pitcher that has, you know, potentially like, three above average pitches. Jason, what are your thoughts on Thompson? You know, last week during, uh, you know, reading around and preparing for fab night, it's like everybody was so, eh, like people were worried, like, Oh, I don't know if I want to get him. And then he goes out and strikes out 11 nationals uh, and strikes out 11 nationals when the nationals are playing well. It's like the, the nationals are you know, surging right now. And he went out and was the one blip on their schedule right now. Uh, and so to me, it's like, you got to give them a chance. I mean, it, two experienced lineups, the last couple of outings are even th- uh, three, but he's had to cut the Braves, the Cubs and the Nationals. And now, uh, you know, he's the, the way the schedule's worked out, he's had some, you know, five full days of rest in between it. I mean, he started on the 12th, the 20th and the 26th, which is a little odd. Uh, for, for the way things are working, but you know, that national start speaks like I'm willing to give him a chance to see and maybe you know, do the research while he's on my roster, but I'm just not sure if um, he's still going to be available uh, or at the price I'm willing to pay right now uh, because of it. Yeah, I'm a little unsure. I, I've been impressed by, I mean, I'm seeing it called a slider some places, a curveball other places, but 
the breaking pitch has been very good, and he's getting a lot of swings and misses. I don't think he's got a very good fastball. Like I think it's at best average. Um, and his main problem coming up through the minor leagues was commanding within the zone, which led to home runs. Uh, and he has yet to give up a home run. But I haven't like when I've watched his start and you watch the kind of the glove move. Like I haven't seen like elite command. I've just seen him kind of getting away with things. Uh, and so I'm a little worried that this is going to blow up. You've got four really good starts against pretty good, damn good teams. Um, and I think people are going to be really, really aggressive this week uh, if he's still available in their league. I'm, I'm not going to be one of them. Um, I, I, I think I'm, I'm a little afraid of kind of the, uh, the disaster coming right after I spend, you know, triple digits on Fab and him. Uh, now, if you're in a deeper league, obviously you're running out of options, right? I mean, we've talked about this with Zach Allen. And there's there's only so much out there, and it looks like he's going to be in the rotation at least for right now until Sixto Sanchez uh, starts working his way back, which he's starting to do, but probably won't be in the rotation until August at the earliest. So uh, I'm I'm not as convinced as I am on like the next guy who we're going to talk about, Kyle Muller. Uh, who I think is uh, a better pitcher right now and has a more locked-in rotation spot long-term. Jason, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Kyle Muller? Uh, you know, he's pitching right now uh, against the uh, against the Braves. He's got four strikeouts through two innings with one hit uh, and a walk. Uh, there was I'm, – I'm looking for the clip to send to you uh, so you can put it in the show notes, but uh, Eric uh, Samolsky had a really good video that he put out uh, about a two-minute thing that I would encourage people to watch, and I'm going to put it right in here. Uh, so you've got it. Uh, but it really talks about, uh, to your point, about watching the glove and, and moving around. Uh, you know, he shows some really nice video of the curve and the slider uh, and both. And he even references Alex Pitchboard. Uh, so, Alex, you're definitely going to want to watch that. Uh, so he's, he references that in the clip, but he really speaks up, uh, speaks well about the curve and the slider, but the fastball command. Uh, and he shows several videos uh, putting the circle where the catcher set up and with the fastball. And he's missing by quite a bit. Uh, and so he even says, you know, risk reward, the breaky stuff. So you, you, there's a particular clip where he throws a full count slider to Joey Votto and locks him up. And I mean, that's Joey Votto. We, we all respect what uh, he's able to do. But the fastball command uh, is going to make or break him. Uh, and so go watch that video. Uh, I, I really I, I like seeing uh, I like what Eric's put together here. And I really like guys that are that are. Um, willing to use their breaking ball uh, it, when they're behind the count, like Muller is, uh, and even use it as first pitch uh, as well. There's Nick Pollock's been pointing that out too, uh, to, even today with some of the first pitch sliders that Muller's been throwing. Um, but the fastball commands is like, I'm not all in. I'm, I'm intrigued, but I'm not all in because fastball command can just make or break, make or break a dude. Alex, what are your thoughts on Muller? Yeah, I mean, uh, Jason touched on the bi- the big thing. I mean, th- this guy has um he has a 14% walk rate over his last 140 minor league innings dating back to the start of 2019. So that's that's a long time. You know, we're we're almost 3 years removed that if I can do math, I guess it's 2 years removed. <laughs> uh 3 seasons removed from uh that 2019 season. So it, you know, it's kind of hard to to give too much credence to that, but at a certain point, like command kind of became an issue for him. Like he, he started drumming up these, these really high walk rates and um, that's already carried over into these first couple of starts. He's just, he's just inefficient, you know, like, I, I don't know. 
Uh, and right, and that's 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 because of the of the of the poor command, I think. And I think I would be honestly more inclined to trust Thompson. I think um, you know, I think there's a bad fastball there, but maybe there's a, a better ability to command. Although his issue might really just be like he's he's throwing and he's going to leave some like middle middle kind of issues. Where I, I don't know if if Moeller knows really where the fastball is going at any point. Um, I think it's really interesting that he might have better command of the secondary stuff, and it seems to be pretty decent. Um, but I'm just like I'm I'm very reluctant to trust any pitcher who has a who has a double digit walk rate unless he's a reliever. There's just so much quality pitching out there that you don't need to run the risk of grabbing someone like that. And like very few guys can walk the tightrope of like having uh, a 10, 11, 12 percent walk rate and be effective and successful like that was maybe robbie ray once uh and now he's doing it and now again yeah (laughs) yeah but he's but now he's not walking anyone he's just like exactly he's just finally throwing it over the and and like caleb smith maybe is like the other one and and i'm not sure that's a sustainable thing either so i just like um he's intriguing to me i think Mueller's intriguing i think he's kind of like spot start intriguing but i i wouldn't be relying on him for like longevity out of him um I well, wouldn't I think, think of him as a permanent solution. Uh, I mean, I think he can be somewhat permanent just because the Braves have a lot of need in in that rotation right now, especially. Uh, they're kind of just filtering guys in and out. Soroka's obviously done for the year now. Um, they could be a team that goes after pitching at the trade deadline, and that could kind of end Mueller's run. But he's going to get some rope here. I really like the stuff. I'm, I'm interested to go actually watch that, that video by Eric because I have not seen it yet. Um, because I had not noticed the command issues inside of the zone uh, uh, like he did. So I think that'll be uh, really uh, educational for me. Um, Jason. Oh, no. Oh, God. Josh Donaldson left the game with a lower leg injury. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's on my bingo board. Yeah. God. That's like, it's got to be wild running. 100%. Yeah. It's going to be cast. has to be. Yeah. yeah but like, who's the other guy? Uh, Colton Long. Same kind of thing. Comes back. My calf's good. He's back, what, two days? Calf's not good. No, it wasn't even back a day. Oh, it, it was back a day. It, it, was his, it was his first game back after missing four straight games. So uh, let's uh, let's move over to another Braves pitcher who has started off the year rough, has been pitching better as of late. Drew Smiley uh, is a guy that's going to be added in a lot more leagues uh, this week. Uh, Jason, are you buying back in on Drew Smiley? I'm only laughing uh, if you heard me chuckle because in my home league, a guy dropped him four starts ago. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy's behind me in the standing, so yay. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> uh, it, and I get it. It's kind of rough. It really it comes down to con- you know, context dependent as, as well. Because Atlanta is just a weird team. Like they take a step forward and take a step and a half back. It's like they seem to be a game or two uh, under 500 all season long. And it's been really annoying. So if, if you're chasing wins, then you may have missed it. it yeah, because Smiley could get hurt. I mean, we, we just talked about Donaldson getting hurt. It's not like Smiley's got a great track record of things. Um, and we are coming into the season, none of us, you know, we talked about, man, I can't believe how aggressively people are drafting this guy based off 25 innings of work. Uh, and and then you know early early numbers kind of said yep we were right and then but the last few it's like oops maybe there is something here 
Um, I just feel like we may have missed it, but if, if it depends where you are in the league. If, if you need the wins, he's kind of a tough guy to roster because he also doesn't typically go deep into games uh, either. So I've, I'm not a – if I had him, like, yeah, I'd be trying to move him. If I don't have him yet, um, I'm not aggressively trying to roster him. Alex, I mean, over the last four starts that Jason mentioned, he's he's gone at least five innings in each one of the starts, a total of 22 in a third, 21 strikeouts, a 121 ERA, are you buying back in on Drew Smiley? Um, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me 46 times, shame on Drew Smiley. Um, he, like, okay, so like before those four starts, he, uh, you know, and I, I don't want to like oversimplify things, but like, you know, he had a, a 65% strand rate, um, a 20.5% home run to fly ball rate. Um just kind of seems like that was one of those things that was going to regress to the mean. And, and sure enough, like he hasn't given up four home runs. I think that's also one of those things where it's like, you've already missed your chance to like lock up that little value that he was going to provide for you there. He's having a weird season. I mean, giving up a lot of home runs, really low BABIP. Um, it, the strikeouts aren't really that impressive to me. I, I'm not thrilled that he um, still didn't have that strong of a strikeout to walk ratio in those four starts. I'm just like, I'm not... <laughs> I I've been I've been burned many times here by by Drew Smiley and, and and when he's giving us better better peripherals than he's giving us now I think this is just kind of like a little spurt and maybe it continues for a couple more starts but I'm not going to be the one holding the hot potato um, I don't think I just I I was never in on like you said I wasn't in on Smiley um, from from his his small sample performance last year and that's just like a, a historical from a historical trauma-based perspective of <laughs> having tried to humor Smiley in the past and having it not work out. So, um, yeah, I mean, if I'm wrong here, I'm I'm very okay with that. Um, but I just don't – I don't see this ending well, as, as it never really does with him. Well, and I think, too, like one of the things the Braves would have liked to do with him – is really kind of protect him to kind of be available later on in the season because I mean he's just not been able to stay healthy uh, for a full season in a long time. But now, like I was talking about with Mueller, like they don't have options. Like they don't have guys that can piggyback with him right now, um, and that scares the hell out of me because I don't trust him to stay healthy. I think if you are going to pick him up, he is a short-term kind of team streamer type guy. Uh, but you need to have a long-term plan because like, I can't imagine he's going to be pitching like this, uh, you know, through August and into September. I, I just don't, I don't trust Drew Smiley at all. Uh, Brennan Rogers uh, is a guy who's been very actively picked up um, in leagues uh, this, this last week. And I think he's going to be a bigger uh, guy in kind of shallower leagues that don't have him rostered already. Alex, where are you at on Brennan Rogers? I love it. I love what's happening right now. It feels like he's – I thought he was honestly going to be like 27 at this point. He's still only 24, but we've been talking about him for like half a decade now because he's been one of Colorado's top prospects for who knows how long. And he's he's like finally – they're finally giving him a chance, and he's doing basically exactly what he always did, which was like above average hit tool. Um, he kind of has like a shallower – launch angle but it's turning into like nice gap power so he's gonna run probably like a high BABIP run a pretty solid batting average he might have like maybe 20 homer power um but you know if he hits like 20 homers 
280 the rest of the way, especially like given the batting average landscape these days. Like it, 280 like goes a lot farther than it did five, ten years ago. So um, I like it. I mean, I think this is finally it's finally coming together. They're finally giving him the full time reps, and he's kind of, I, I, you know I'm not like one for narratives, but there seems to certainly be a confidence thing at play here. I mean, his it's night and day between his first couple uh, cups of tea in the last two years. And, and right now he just seems like he's finally locked in and, and hitting pretty much exactly the way that his scouting report suggests he would. So that's why I feel like it's, this is the time Brendan Rogers time is finally starting and we can enjoy the fruits of his labor for, for years to come. I don't know what the ceiling is here, but I would be grabbing him because he's going to, he's going to be able to provide value in, in any depth of league i think even if it's in the, the shallowest of league he's still going to be um at worst like a bench bat but in most leagues he should be in a starting roster jason where are you at on ben, brennan rogers it's a great point that alex brings up about the age because it does truly feel like he's older than he really is because right? he has been you know he first got on everybody's radar obviously for, for uh diehards he got on everybody's radar when he was drafted but when he put up that big season uh in Asheville here in carolina and for those who don't know, Asheville is McCormick Field. It's the final field to use the film in Bull Durham. It is a launching pad. Uh, I mean, absolutely, especially if you're a lefty guy. Uh, but it is it is a very favorable hitter's yard uh, for that. And so it, it just feels like he's been around forever uh, with things. But one of the things that I would consider with him is that there's a good chance he starts moving up in the order because he's been hitting fifth, sixth, seventh uh, during this. Uh, and if the Rockies still have this same lineup after the trade deadline, something's gone very wrong with them. But I wouldn't put it past Colorado not to try to move any of these guys either. Uh, but yeah, he's been hitting in the bottom third of the lineup. Blackman, Story, Hampson, Tapia, Crone, McMahon, all of them been hitting in front of him for the most part. So there's an opportunity where he could get back up at the top of the order uh, potentially to see after we'll see how the trade deadline shakes out. But yeah, especially if you're in a uh, if you're in a uh, carryover league where you can carry him, uh, buy-in time is now uh, because we we've seen what could happen with middle infielder types in Colorado when given the chance to stay in the lineup uh, and do things. And you know, he it wasn't a mistake that he was uh, the kind of draft pick that he was. Yeah, he's, he's got really interesting home and away splits versus handedness. Uh, he's hitting home, home versus lefties, hitting 235. Away versus lefties, he's hitting 462. Home versus right, he's hitting 333. Away versus right, he's hitting 200. Uh, and the schedule wise, they're at home two of the next three weeks. Yeah, they've got uh, I, what I'd look at. Um, Let's see, this week they've got the Pirates and the Cardinals coming to town. Then they go on the road to Arizona and San Diego. Then after the break, they've got the Dodgers and the, and the Mariners coming to town. But then they go on a long road trip against the Dodgers, Angels, uh, and the Padres. So, uh, you know, if you're looking to possibly stream on the next couple of weeks is, is a good time to see what's there. And then if you can move them to the bench, uh, it'd be a good time to move them to the bench. Um. I, I want to just like because I agree with both of you. I think he should be rostered in every league, and, and if he is available, and I think he's available in about thirty percent of, of CBS leagues, right? Or sorry, uh, he's only rostered in thirty five percent of CBS leagues uh, currently. Uh, there's something you know, Alex was saying about his swing, kind of you know, in, in the uh, uh, the path that follows through the uh, through the, the zone. Um, it kind of fits really well with the way the ball is reacting right now. We're seeing a lot of these guys with really kind of extreme launch angles end up falling short. It's why like guys like Corey Soler are really struggling um, to to uh, you know hit home runs. 
while guys with more kind of level bats uh, like Brandon Crawford are hitting home runs. Um, and Brandon Rogers kind of fits that. And so I think, while I don't think he's got extreme power. Like I don't think he's going to be a 35 homer bat. I do think he could be a 25 to 30 guy um, as he continues to get more playing time. And as things continue to be warm in Colorado in the summer. So uh, I, I think, the I think the ceiling that people thought they were getting from Brendan Rodgers when he was considered among the top prospects in baseball is probably never going to happen. I do think he can actually be a really valuable uh, player in fantasy if he can stay healthy. Health has been an issue for him in, in the minor leagues and in the major leagues, uh, but he's healthy right now, and I think he needs to be rostered in every format, like Alex said. Uh, let's uh, move on to uh, Wilmer Flores, who has been hitting really well um, in getting more playing time with the Giants uh, as of late. Uh, Jason, are, are you buying in on Wilmer Flores at all? Yeah, the, the thing about Flores has been, you know, typically, like I would say profile coming into the season, short side platoon guy. Uh, and we talked you know, with the Giants, their ability, how they how the roster is set up to maximize those types of situations. Like I remember thinking about going into the season, it's like, okay, they're facing a lefty. Then you can have Darren Ruff in the lineup. You can have Flores in the lineup, uh, that type of thing. Uh, but he has been hitting and hitting rather well uh, to that point. So honestly, I would still want to look to see where the where the uh, matchups and schedule play. I don't think he's an everyday player. Uh, you know, we can't take recent recent uh, production and say, oh, he's back to everyday guy because you look at the larger and they're still pretty discernible amount of difference in the production between lefties and righties. But uh, in a in a deeper league, uh, I could make room for him. What about you, Alex? Are you buying in on Flores right now? Yeah, I mean, I, not 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 hook, line, and sinker, but like this is his. He's hilarious. I mean, he he's hilarious to me. I mean, he he has. <laughs> been uh like 15 percent above average as a hitter for like the last five or six years uh he has like legit 25 homer power recently has become closer to 30 homer power um god i would let me hedge that and go back to 25 homer power but like for for this guy who like just truly has never played full time and, and that's by design i think if you are in a daily league and I, I'm in a few auto new leagues, and that's a that's a daily format, um, which really like kind of lends itself well to to streaming slash platooning. Um, Wilmer Flores is like a must own because he's really good. I mean, he he you know especially in like a points format like auto new is he uh, he has a really uh, kind of uh, small strikeout rate. He makes a lot of contact. Um, and he has decent power. So, I mean, this is resulting in like a 25 homer, 270 average kind of pace. This is something that he's sustained for several years at this point. He just doesn't play every day. So if you're in a weekly league, it's a little hard to reconcile that. Um, I think now that he's playing full time, you can take the, the downs with the ups and actually get a pretty good line out of him, even if he's struggling against um, the, the reverse platoon. Um, in like a deeper league, I think you could you could actually do worse, much worse than Wilmer. But if you're in a daily league, I think you pretty much have to own him um, because, uh, yeah, he just you know the, the production that he's giving you every other day or every third day or whatever he's playing in in the ideal situation is is far above average, um, and even. Um, I, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to liken it to someone. I guess it's like Jock Peterson a little bit. Like this guy who's been a platoon his whole life now is finally getting full time abs. Really not awful, 
His overline, yeah. his, his overall line is not awful. I, I'm kind of getting that like Wilmer Flores vibe from, uh, or I'm sorry, that Jock Peterson vibe from Wilmer. Obviously, two very different bats, but just a mm-hmm. similar situation in terms of like never really got the chance to be full time. In full time playing time is not awful. Um, he's better when he's a platoon, but you could do worse than having a full time Wilmer Flores right now. Well, I think you're going to get a full-time Wilmer Flores at least until the Giants make a trade because Brandon Belt is out. He's got a knee issue. He's going to try to avoid surgery so that way he can come back and play this year. But who knows if that'll be actually possible. Uh, the other lefty bats that they're missing right now are Tommy Listella, who broke his thumb on his rehab assignment. So he's going to be out for longer. Uh, and then Mike Talkman, who uh, you know hurt himself. Uh, as well, and was god awful when he was playing. So, sorry, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, Damn that is harsh, dude. Yeah, he, he was. How did you even do that to Alex on this? Just like the one guy, the <laughs> Listen, one guy. He has a jersey. He has a Mike Talkman jersey. It's my only jersey. It's my only jersey. My only jersey that fits me right now. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, we don't have to make this a Mike Talkman thing, but you know, he he just. Uh, he wasn't as good as I hoped he would be, but I, I think I just didn't. I just think I overrated the bandboxiness of his of his AAA stats that gave me all that optimism so many years ago. So, anyway, his his power ain't gonna play up in a place like San Francisco. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think the I think it's the the they, sands of time are, are running thin now in that hourglass. So they like him quite a bit. I mean, they sent down Lamont Wade Jr. because they didn't they didn't want a DFA Talkman. That, that was the yeah. other reason. They did I mean the they, defense is good, the base running is good. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, the bat might come back around, but it's not like it's obviously a below average bat at this point. Yeah, I was just gonna add with Donaldson, by the way, update it's a hamstring, not a calf. Oh damn. I said hundred percent. I was wrong. <laughs> Calves are connected to hamstrings. Yeah, Everything's connected. I was just about to sing the the calves are connected to the hamstring bone. Um, all right, let's uh, let's talk about Mer- Merrill Kelly because Merrill Kelly started off the season just absolutely atrociously and has pitched uh, much better as of late, uh, including uh, a start I believe it was last or no uh, two nights ago uh, against my own Giants, in which he went seven innings uh, and uh, and struck out seven. Is it time to start buying in on Merrill Kelly there, Alex? I think it might be because he and, – and I don't know enough about this pitch particularly to say whether or not it's his best pitch, but so far it has been. He's throwing his cutter more in these last three starts. And um, you know, he he's just kind of like – I don't think his skill set really plays to Major League Baseball. I think he's a little more vulnerable than he was in the KBO. Um but uh, his cutter has been great, and he ramped up the usage of that in his last three starts. So I think only by you know by that rationale, knowing that uh, you know his, his other pitches are not uh, particularly strong. I mean, the changeup f- flash is okay every now and then. The, the fastball generally is is not very good, and I'm not sure like the command is anything more than him just like throwing it over the plate. Um, but the cutter has looked good, and he's throwing that more. Um, so I'm, you know, I have Merrill Kelly in uh, in a league where I'm forced to have him, which is a, a draft champions league, so I can't cut him. Um, and now that he's kind of like coming back to life a little bit, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that this move to throwing more cutters recently is going to 
you know, ha- be a nice boost for his value. Um, obviously, I'm not going to go break the bank for him, and I don't know if really anyone is going to, especially if they're hung up on what he did, you know, before the last three starts. But I, I am uh, emboldened by the fact that, um, you know, the, these results are, are coinciding with a different uh, kind of usage pattern with his pitches. Yeah, his his next uh, start uh, this week is uh, home versus Colorado, which is is a nice uh, nice kind of spot to use him. Jason, are you going after Merrill Kelly this week? You know, you look at the we talked a little bit about this last week with Arizona. They don't win games yet. Kelly has won each of his last three starts, and he's gone at least six innings in each of those last three starts, and they've come against. Milwaukee, who had just started their heater right then and there. Uh, I think he, in fact, I believe the loss against him was their last loss uh, on 621. Then he went out and beat the Padres in San Diego, and then he went and beat your Giants. So it was three wins in a row, three quality starts, 17 strikeouts, and one walk. So the adjustments that Alex talked about, uh, you know, league will adjust at some point here, but he has gone up against three tough assignments and has come out of them strutting. Three quality starts, three wins, and everything. So yes, I would see if how long this runs out. But I mean, it it can only the only thing he didn't do in this is face the Dodgers or the Astros. That's pretty much the only thing he hasn't done yet. And I haven't looked at their schedule to see what's coming up. Uh, so if hopefully he can avoid those two types. But if I'm, I pull up their schedule here real quick to see what they've got coming up. Uh, their next uh, outings. So you said he pitched against your Giants uh, the other day. Um, He's going to miss the Dodgers. So he's got Colorado at home on Wednesday, and then his next start won't be until be the Cubs. Yeah. Would be the Cubs twice. So he would get the Cubs and the Cubs, and the, but he'll eventually get the Dodgers at the end of July. So for a three start run against the Rockies on the road, uh, I mean, the Rockies in Arizona, and then the Cubs uh, in each location, I'm willing to take a chance. But by the time he gets to that Dodgers series, um, you, know, you got to see where he's at. Well, he could also be on a different team. That's true. Uh, he he would likely be – he's probably the most likely player outside of Eduardo Escobar to be traded here uh, by Arizona pretty quickly. And there are a lot of teams that could use starting pitching, including the, the Braves, who I've mentioned a number of times. The Yankees could use him. Uh, the Red Sox could use him. It's like He's going to be a star. game over 500, the Yankees should sell. So should the Rays. They suck. <laughs> well, I'm wearing my Devil Race hat because they're playing like absolute crap of late. But he's going to have this division wrapped up by the All Star break. I'm just putting that jinx out there now. My, my guess is shortly after the All Star break, he's going to get moved to a contender, which would make his ability to win games probably a lot better. I, I don't. It depends on kind of what stadium situation he ends up in terms of his, his park factors. But uh, I've been impressed by his last three starts, and I mean, I was really impressed with his start against my Giants, which was really frustrating considering uh, they shouldn't lose to Arizona. But, um, I mean, w- one of the things he's done really well at even when he was struggling was was keeping men off base via the free pass. He's, he's been exceptionally well uh, uh, doing that over the course of the last three games where he's only allowed one, uh, one walk. Um, and it's allowed when he does give up homers, they're not multi, you know, uh, run homers. Like, you know, he gave up two home runs in the Giants game. One was a solo shot and one was a two-run shot. And that was it. That was what he gave up throughout the game. And so uh, I'm I'm very impressed by what he's done so far. You know, I know there's been some injuries 
recently there is concern that he could get hurt again. But I think right now, go pick him up and hope that maybe he ends up in Atlanta or maybe ends up in a place like, uh, you know, that that is looking for pitching right now because I think there are going to be a lot of teams that are interested in him at the deadline. Let's uh, – Let's um, talk about the aforementioned Gavin Sheets, who uh, has made a call up. He's going to be added in a lot of deeper leagues. Uh, he's played well so far since coming up. Alex, any interest in Gavin Sheets? Not particularly. Not particularly. I mean, there's just there's just fringe tools across the board. I suppose, like, maybe um, the power that he's flashed early in, in AAA is legit, but the, the, the WRC+, plus, um, which is kind of like incorporating league and park factors suggests that that's like uh is more a product of the environment than it is uh, of him um and he's he's mostly mostly (laughs) the same pitcher um uh, sorry same hitter well that was weird same hitter that he that he's been which is someone with like fringe average plate discipline fringe average power um kind of like fringe average everything across the board i think he could be a uh an adequate kind of like stop gap um he doesn't strike me as particularly appealing um and i wouldn't lose my mind over these first two homers he's, he's made a lot of loud contact these first few games um but i'm i'm not expecting that to to sustain by by any uh reasonable measure i think he's just kind of um an average hitter but i am okay with being wrong on that um it's just there's not a track record that suggests to me that this is um, that this is even close to really legitimate for him. Uh, Gavin Sheets is no relation to the former pitcher. Uh, ben, what Ben Sheets? He is the son of Larry Sheets. Larry though. Sheets. I did yeah. see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Larry Sheets, who is also very average. Yes, exactly. <laughs> How dare you besmirch the 1987 season of Larry Sheets? I know he had that one home season. runs and still drove yeah. in fewer. I think he had 78 RBIs. Something like that. Like a low 90, RBI 90, total. 94 RBIs, 31 oh, home me. runs. All right, I had the home runs close. Um, so here's the thing for with Sheets and like Charlotte is uh, is a friendly offensive park. If they were to, if the White Sox take Jake Berger and Gavin Sheets and smash them together and make it Jake Sheets or Gavin Berger, either one, band names, hitters, whatever, then they've got something. Because uh, Sheets can't hit lefties. I mean, the, it just it does not hit lefties well. Hits righties well enough so he can play on a platoon side. And Berger, uh, Berger's hit. I mean, Berger's a great story. If you don't know Berger's story, go look at it. Mm-hmm. Dude's been had some major injuries and had some things, and he's and he's. Uh, and he's made it back. He's an older guy at 25 because of all the setbacks. Uh, but he was hitting extremely well down here. Uh, but when, when I see Gavin Sheets, one of the other things that comes to mind was Zach Collins. Before he came up with the White Sox, Zach Collins raked here in Charlotte and has done the opposite of raking uh, in uh, in Chicago. But, again, if they take these two guys and just use them like the Giants would use Darren Ruff and whoever he was platooning with, you know, and in that situation, just take and, and use it as platoon. I think there's something there, but I don't think either of these guys is a five day a week player. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think he's a short term fill in in a really, really deep league. I mean, I think he's going to play somewhat because they're just running out of bodies. Uh, but I, I don't think there's much here in terms of fantasy goodness uh long term or even really much in the short term let's uh we're going to continue moving on uh uh jaron duran is being picked up in leagues right now he was i believe left off of the olympic roster 
which a few people on Twitter mentioned that might be a sign that he could be coming up sooner rather than later that the Red Sox didn't want him playing in the Olympics because they're going to look to promote him. So is it time now to stash Jaron Duran, Jason? Uh, you know, when I was looking through some of the beat writer comments yesterday about this, it didn't sound like anything was imminent. It's like they're, they're still going to leave him down in, in Worcester uh, to let him continue to play and, and continue to ride out this Danny Santana streak. Uh, for whatever reason, but some of the comments that we saw uh, from this, it didn't sound like anything was was uh, apparent. That said, yeah, stash because they could they could turn around and flip their mind. Somebody gets hurt, uh, or they could make you know, change it. But the co- the last comment to add a little of what Alex is reporting, not Chamberlain. This is uh, um, Spire. Uh, the Sox and USA Baseball were aligned on this, and Duran understood the reasoning behind it. No call up is imminent. Per a major league source, the decision not to include Duran on the U.S. roster was from the U.S. Olympic Committee. The Red Sox would have been okay with him going with the proviso that they wanted to call him up. They could. And I think that was the alignment where the Olympics were like, nah, never mind. If you're going to keep him on a yo-yo, we're going to go ahead and take him. Uh, so that's that's where with the visa requirements and log- logistical challenges um, of replacing him, they elected not to include him on the roster. So – um, that said, I would be surprised if he's not up by the All-Star break. What about you, Alex? Are you stashing Duran right now? Yeah, I think you got to. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much has been made of, of, of his change. You know, I don't actually listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm sure the prospectors have talked about it a lot, but just for anyone who's not familiar, um, Duran was uh, – he was projected to be like a, a league average everyday player. Um, under the assumption that he would never really develop power. Uh, and he changed his swing this year and now has more home runs in 40 games than he did in the last, well, I guess he's only been um, in the, the Sox system since 2018, but he, he basically like doubled his or tripled his his home run output in, in, in two months here in, at Triple at, uh, at A. Um, and so, uh, yeah, bearing a lot of fruit on that on that swing change um and you know still still keeping his uh his, his plate discipline mostly in check i, I it's going to be it's going to be weird because he with his speed and kind of his his slap hitter approach previously it lent itself really well to uh like a high babip he would probably be like a high average low power decent speed regular for fantasy purposes and now i don't even really know what to make of him he might have a pretty poor batting average with his new swing it's much more loft oriented um and i'm not sure the power is as legit as like a joey gallo type obviously so there could be some issues with long flyouts and 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 really kind of torpedoing his his batting average on balls in play in a way that his previous um his previous approach would have supported it but even with that said, I mean, there's there's very healthy double-digit power steal potential here uh, to the point where, like, if he only hit 220, you're still going to get by with everything that he gives you in all the other categories. And I, I think he's probably better than a 220 hitter, but I'm, I'm obviously just trying to help people uh, keep their expectations in check right now, too. Well, I mean, look what they did with Hunter Renfro, a guy that was hitting 169 last year, is like one of their more productive hitters this year. Uh, and, and Duran, to your point, the double, the double, double potential. He has 15 home runs and 10 steals down in Worcester this year. Around doing all the stuff at the Olympics, he's hitting 278 with a 288 uh, BABIP 
uh, on things, but he's slugging 599. The other part of it is like he he beefed up physically too. He, he that was the other uh, piece of it uh, with that. But um, you know, again, he's he's already got double double despite the fact that he's he's had fewer. He's missed a little bit of time with some of the stuff going on with the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, it's 40 games. I mean, for people who love extrapolating, that's like a 60-homer, 40-steal pace for 160 games. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of potential there. I mean, it's it's pretty yeah, mountain-watering. That's Izzy Alcantara. I'm trying to go back to some Paw, Paw Sox guys that used to put up massive numbers and never did anything in the majors. But, yeah, like that, I, I have Duran in two different leagues. I have him in, in either TGFBI because I drafted him. Uh, uh, and I have I know I have him in AL Tout. Because he was one of my reserve picks. Yeah, I, I don't know what the Red Sox are waiting for. They're running Danny Santana out there in center. Like that's, I mean, it's annoying. There's in no way like is Duran not a better player just generally than, than Danny Santana at this point. So uh, my like, first three, my like, first three oh, reserve picks in talent. My first three reserve picks in talent were Joe Adele, Jared Duran, and Bobby Bradley. And I never figured that Bradley would be the first one up, and that Bradley would be the one mashing. But that's the that's the order I and then I took Mike Zanino with the fourth one, then cut him two weeks into the season because I was so mad that I had Mike Zanino. Uh, mm-hmm. and look what he's doing. <sighs> but yeah, Bradley's the one that's been hitting. Uh, but yeah, that that was the order uh, that I took him because I was like, I, I want I need prospects that can come up and hit. Uh, and I'm taking these guys. All right, let's uh let's finish out the fab section with um we have uh, Jose Suarez, who's taking over in the rotation from Dylan Bundy, who has been demoted to the bullpen, uh, at least for the time being. You know, maybe if you can get right, you can get back in the rotation. But Suarez has been pretty good. Are you, you're shaking your head over there, Alex? Um, I'm assuming that's because you rostered too many, uh, too many shares of Dylan Bundy. Yeah, yeah. I actually don't have a lot of redraft of Dylan Bundy, but I do have like I had nice affordable shares of him in like keeper leagues mm. that looked really nice you know so i was i was i was tied to him um so yes it's it hurts but as someone who's uh, a, a disenchanted um angels fan uh i i forgot that i mean i i've been watching jose source for kind of a long time and then i kind of lost interest in 2018 when he finally reached triple a and just just was only a shell of himself in terms of the efficacy um 21, 22% strikeout rate, 10 to 12% walk rate. Like, really just wasn't the guy who he was when he was dominating rookie and low A ball, which was, or um, a single A ball, which was a guy with a healthy 30, 35% strikeout rate and a very good, what appeared to be very good command. Um, so, seeing him succeed again, uh, you know, makes me, again, the word, the, the phrase I'm going to use is cautiously optimistic that he can kind of tap into that potential he still had. It's astonishing to me that he's only 23 because, again, I've been following him for several years now being like an Angels guy or a former Angels guy. Um, I think uh, what's really interesting to me, and I don't know if it's something that will translate one-to-one, is he, throughout his minor league career, only gave up like, and this is over several hundred innings, only gave up like a 6% home run to fly ball rate. Um, And those are things that like do quietly translate in some degree to the major league level guys who have good contact quality skills at the minors. You do see some semblance of that at the majors. So I'm curious to know how that ends up playing out for him, because that's something that he was able to sustain despite um, his kind of like lack of strikeout stuff and, and and good command that he, he kind of 
that kind of escaped him in 2018, 2019. I'd like to see if that becomes a feature and is not just kind of a flash in the pan thing. But otherwise, I, you know, I would like to think that this is going to be a good option because the Angels are desperate for it. Um, but from a fantasy purpose, I'm sorry, a fantasy perspective, um, yeah, you have to you have to humor it because this was always within the realm of possibility for him. Um, it kind of became a much more distant probability um, a couple of years ago, and I think that's coming back more clearly into focus now. He looks like he's he's become a lot closer to what his his kind of projected ceiling might have been at one point. Jason, so far he is sporting a twenty four percent strikeout rate and a fifty percent ground ball rate. Is this someone that interests you? You know, I believe he was the guy that took over for Bundy when he threw up on the mound. Uh, yes. Is that why? Okay. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and maybe that's why, because that was his, his one good outing uh, was in that when was in that particular relief mode. But like when I'm looking at his schedule, uh, what he's got coming up. So he pitched on the 28th. Uh, that means he's got Baltimore if he pitches this weekend. But no, he's no, got Boston. He's, All right. He's, so he's, he's got, got Boston yeah. out of the gate. So he's got Boston and Seattle on a two start this week. Um uh, no, he won't got, get the he won't get the two start because uh, they're running a six man rotation. Then no, no, I'm not. I don't want to deal with it. Okay. I'm passing. I, I don't think I'd want to start him uh, versus Boston, but I think he's an interesting guy in deeper formats. Uh, and with how bad Bundy is, I think they'll give him a little bit of rope. Uh, I, I do like the skills, like Alex was saying uh, so far, and the, the strikeout rate uh, being uh, decent, and the you know a really nice ground ball rate in Angel Stadium, I think should play fairly well. Uh, but I think it's more of a team streamer type, you know, in deeper formats or, or an actual streamer in, you know, 10 and 12 team leagues uh, for right now. But there, you know, there's a little bit of pedigree here uh, and there, he's shown something kind of early on. I'll be interested to see how far he goes into games here. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he had not, I mean, he'd been pitching in relief and going in inning here, or two innings here. And then when, like you said, when he came in for Dylan Bundy, all of a sudden he goes five and a third and that kind of came out of nowhere. And so I, think I don't he kind know. Of had to, because that that, that bullpen got kind of worked against Tampa mm-hmm. Bay in the previous series. Uh, so I think he kind of had to there, but when I looked at that sketch, you know, like I said, he's playing Boston. Um, you know, we've seen the damage they could put up uh, to a pitcher, but I, I'm thinking like, let somebody else absorb the damage or like, let's say this weekend, he probably, because he's available, maybe he goes 10, $15 in an FBC fab, right? He gets bombed by Boston. You get him next week on the short week for nothing. Like he'd be a dollar or two pitcher. And then, then you've, you've missed the pain. So that's kind of where I'm thinking, like, I'm not completely yeah. out on him. I'm just out on him in the near term. In the near term, I'm talking about this coming scoring period. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Right. I think there's going to be a nice buying, a little, a nice little buying opportunity in a week and a half. There you go. Uh, we're kind of running a little uh, long on time right now, so I'm just going to do the the two start section like rapid fire. So I'm going to give you uh, some pitchers that got some interesting two starts coming up, and you just tell me: Would you be willing to throw them into your lineup this week? Uh, I think one of the mistakes people have made this year is is trying to start risky two starts and, and getting blown up in one or both of them. And so I think people are starting to be a little bit more judicious. Rich Hill versus Cleveland and versus Toronto, Jason. No, 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 no. Don't do this. Uh, Rich Hill uh, has struggled with the new baseball uh, rules. Simply put, he has struggled. Uh, his spin rate uh, is not the same, and his spin rate is critical to him. 
and, and talk about for his fastball. And it's not the it's not the breaking ball. Uh, and uh, Tanner Smith, uh, Baseball HQ, had a really nice thing in his Arsenal report about this on July 1st. If you're an HQ subscriber, go look at that article because uh, it validates everything that my eye test uh, my eye test sees in his games. You know, with Rich Hill, it's it's simple. Throw the fastball high, throw the breaking ball off the fastball, vary the arm angle on the pitches. That's what he tends to do uh, with things. But the you know he doesn't have any velocity. He's 88 to 90 on a good day. Uh, but without the spin rate, the ride on his fastball is not there. Uh, and because it's not there, it's getting hit. Uh, and like the the weighted on base average of it on that pitch over the past month is over 600. I mean, it is getting crushed. Uh, and he played Toronto. Uh, he was the pitcher against, uh, no, the Nationals the other day. Gave up uh, multiple home runs uh, in the first inning to uh, Juan Soto. Gave up a home run to Kyle Schwarber on the first pitch. I mean, Kyle Schwarber was in the middle of that heater. Earlier that day, I was just like, just walk him. It's the leadoff guy who cares. Walk him. First pitch home run. And it was a meatball. It was a, it was a pitch up in the zone. He crushed it. Uh, but no, not touching this. I mean, the Cleveland start is fine. Uh it should be an easier thing uh, for him, but the Toronto one scares the bejesus out of me. But Rich Hill has got to show me something before I'm putting him back. And I have him in a lineup, but I'm actively looking for a way to take him out of my AL-only lineup right now. Jason is not very good at this rapid-fire thing. Uh, Sorry. Alex, <laughs> rapid-fire, Rich Hill. Any interest? Uh, if, if, you, if you need innings and you're desperate and you don't have other options, yes. If you're me, yes. Um, but yeah, the, the, this whole post spin rate or i'm sorry this post sticky stuff thing is is uh is not great so far for him all right what about uh steven matz who's at baltimore and at tampa bay there uh alex not thrilled i'm gonna say no um unless you're desperate all these are unless you're desperate for me um but um no uh baltimore against lefties uh, is actually surprisingly uh, dangerous. So um, I'm going to step away from Matt's um, and say I'm going to pass on him unless I don't have better options. Agreed. Uh, Jason, what about you on Matt's? Agreed. Because okay. Tampa Bay, uh, they, Ryan they hit it home too. <laughs> there you go. Let me get that. Ryan Weathers, versus, <laughs> Ryan Weathers versus Washington versus Colorado, Jason. Pass. Also pass. What about you, Alex? All right. Also, passed. Kobe Allard, who's been been very good recently, at, he's home versus Toronto, or sorry, versus uh, uh, Detroit and versus Oakland. That's a pass for you, Alex. No, it's not a pass. I will take a chance on that. Okay. I've liked Allard all year um, in in his relief role, and I'm very intrigued by what he's doing, uh, given his full time starting role right now. So I will take that risk. What he said. All right. Let's finish up with Cal Quantrill. Uh, at Tampa Bay and then home versus Kansas City, Jason. I, I'm indifferent. I, and since we're going quick, I'm actually indifferent. This could go uh, dominant or disaster. I, I, Alex? I really I can't commit to anything else. Just, I'm going to say I'm no. Indifferent. I don't think he's even going to get to five innings in both starts. So, All right. And I actually agree with you guys on, on all these, so I am going to just – Continue to let the, the rapid fire segment go. And uh, that is going to wrap us up for this episode. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Sorry I had my mic on mute a couple times. That sucks. 
No problem. No one will ever hear it. I'm going to so. take it out and post. I'll leave this part <laughs> in so people know, but I'll take that part out and post. Remind everybody where you can reach on social media and then talk about anything you got going on right now. Yeah, uh, I'm at Dolph Haldhagen on Twitter. Um, I write at only rotographs these days. Um, I have not a lot going on because I don't have any time to myself anymore to write, but I did post something recently about expected batting average and sprint speed and how those two things can be merged together to improve the statistic. And I'll probably write something up about that because uh, yeah, sprint speed matters on ground balls. Who knew? Who knew? There you go. Jason, where can you be reached and what are you working on? Uh, I can be reached at Jason Collette, uh, Rotowire Collette Calls column. Uh, and so this week I'm trying to just look at the continued adjustment to uh, how the last, last week I, I looked at uh, offense and where things where things have gone uh, here recently and, and what kind of adjustments we can make to that. Uh, also, before I forget to tell you, hiatus for me for the next two weeks. Next week, uh, son's birthday uh, celebration on Saturday flying to Vegas Sunday and the following week, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, torturing myself and going to Atlanta to watch my double race play the Braves. And hopefully they're done with this damn road losing streak by then. Uh, and so I can enjoy it, but I'm going to go sit out in the miserable Atlanta mid July heat and watch them play coming right out of the all-star break. So yay. Yeah. We'll get one episode with me and Toby. I'm going to uh, do another, I'm going to do a Saturday episode with him again. Uh, next week so I can get one in before my vacation and then we will both be off the following week uh, as I'm on vacation uh, there and I will not be uh, be able to record because I'm going to the middle of nowhere where it's apparently going to be 108 degrees which is fun apparently um, you can reach me on Twitter at just amazing FWFB you can read my work over on uh, rotographs uh, friendsfacebenefits.com and tgfbi.com and you can hear me on this podcast the friends of benefits baseball podcast and the tgfbi podcast as well that will do it for us for Alex Jason and myself thank you for listening have a fantastic baseball season see ya